0: die clowns? and that's what i call a a tool. i'm scuba sam scuba steve's father we eat the pig and then together we burn well
1: i have a microphone and you don't
0: so you will listen to every damn word i have to say hello and welcome to the latest installment of the billy gilmore podcast uh, the podcast for the discerning Adam Sandler fan, the pod for the fan of the Sandman. Uh, I am your host, as always, Wilson Smith, and joining me is... Hi, this is Chris <laughs> Dyes. And Austin Colt. And thank you so much for being here with us uh, for this episode. Uh, for tonight's uh, tonight's installment, we are going to be discussing uh, the 2016 uh, The second collaboration between uh, our boy Adam Sandler and uh, the Netflix – you know, the Titans over at Netflix, the corporate overlords at Netflix. Um, This one is – yeah, 2016. I believe it was released in May of 2016. um, The Doover. Um, (laughs) Wait. Hold on. I'm sorry. That's The Doover. So – the Duver, the Duver, the, the Duver, duver, the duver <laughs> directed by Stephen Brill, uh, who has been, uh, a Sandler boy in the past, um, co-stars David Spade, Paula Patton, uh, Michael Chiklis, uh, a few other assorted folks that we will get into, um, so yeah, we're very excited, uh, to have you with us, I uh, hope you all had a safe, uh, happy Thanksgiving, I uh, hope you all, uh, sup yourself with, uh, turkey, or tofurkey in my case, uh, and, uh, enjoyed a uh, marathon back to back viewings of the ridiculous 6 <laughs> as i assume we all did um yeah so before we dive into the film proper though uh there's been a little bit for the first time all's been quiet on the adam sandler front for a little while um but recently there've been a few a few updates um guys want to want to fill in the listeners on what's been going on in adam sandler land
2: well it seems that um today's uh like excuse me, today is a Sunday, and it seems that um, as we're recording this, uh, there is a broadcast of the MTV Movie Awards, and it looks like they are doing like a special award for our friends Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Um, I guess sort of like a, is it kind of like a, like a, like a legacy career sort of award, Austin?
1: I think so. I kind of gather it as being more of a, Uh, We had this show booked and we had nothing else to do because movies kind of ceased to exist for our audience in the year. (laughs) And we're honoring people who have had a legacy in in film Uh, because there was like a lineup of like several, like 10 to 12 people looked like um, who are all going to be honored tonight. So, yeah, it it is going to be honoring, among others, Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore for their career in films. That works for me. that's (laughs)
2: like any excuse to get those two together like filming some sort of like silly bit is always a good thing
0: um and austin i believe there was uh there was also uh an update on uh you know and this is particularly fitting because we have just only just embarked upon the great adam sandler netflix project um but i believe there was a there was a, a, a statistic about uh about uh, Netflix and Adam Sandler movies, wasn't that right?
1: Yeah, he's reached over two billion views total um, in, no, in his know. Netflix career. Two
0: two billion hours or two billion views?
1: Uh, is it two billion hours uh, or is it views? It's um, it's hours. Two billion hours. Sorry, views wow. would be incredibly many more hours. It'd be double. The-
0: Basically. This there so so this Yahoo Entertainment article posted on Friday, December fourth. I do like that in the second paragraph, it says he signed a big money deal in 2014, yielding films including The Ridiculous Six and The Do Over. And I just love it when you can tell that a journalist went just so far on the Wikipedia or the IMDb and no further. It's like, oh, like no one talks about The Do Over, but why don't I just mention the first two movies that he produced for Netflix?
2: Mm-hmm. it's like uh, like a kind of a strange example that earlier this week mm-hmm. there were so many headlines you know talking about how the Umbrella Academy star Elliot Page comes out as transgender. I was like, okay, like mention Juno. Like, 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 why is that? <laughs> right, doing... <laughs> <right>. <laughs> it's <laughs> so
0: strange. that It's like, wasn't, wasn't Elliot nominated for an Oscar for something? Yeah. I can't put my finger on it, but. <laughs>
2: He's yeah. been on the scene for a while now. And most people aren't thinking about Umbrella Academy. That's a, that's a random aside, but, but that does crack me yeah. up. Like, yeah. it's yeah. like. It's so obvious when that happens, and so avoidable. <laughs> yeah,
1: Elliot, star of Hard Candy, that's one of the four <laughs> films here on the IMDb. <laughs> it's uh, a good movie. Well,
0: this is on X Men: The Last Stand. God. Um, so So, um, so yeah, so that's great. Glad that uh, I like to think that you know, like three, quor- like you know, three quarters of those viewings are for the do-over. Um, but uh, <laughs> let's hope not. Um, and then. There was a bit. We talked about this a little bit. There was a, a, an article online that someone was kind of kicking around. It the headline made it seem like maybe Adam Sandler's going to make a sequel to Billy Madison. And then in the actual, you know, like a lot of I think like clickbaity type journalism these days. We're not trying to go in on journalists right now. This is just we're just reading the news. They, they do great work, but uh, it seemed a little bit more like a, a purely speculative, like the kind of thing that like. If the three of us were in some hypothetical utopia, sitting in the same place and just disc- and bullshitting about Adam Sandler, like, oh, what if you made Billy Madison too? Well, it would make sense. I bet you Netflix would let him do it, you know. So um, there's no real on that. Uh, but as always, we'll keep you up to date with our <laughs> our every other week podcast that that will surely come out long after you've read whatever news yeah. is there uh, about Billy Madison too. We were, we were talking about this
2: earlier, like, and what I, and what I was thinking about was like, you know, in general, aside from the grown ups movies, which are, you know, kind of an exception that proves the rule and the Hotel Transylvania films, which are, you know, kind of like this very family friendly f- franchise that, you know, isn't like, like, those are special cases for the Sandler, uh, you know, squad. Um, he doesn't really do the sequel thing. Um You know, he works a lot with the same people, obviously, but he's kind of just moving on to different sort of stories, characters and and dynamics. And I kind of and I think that's cool about this very long and hugely financially successful career in an era when everything seems to be all like IPs and, you know, like franchises and sequels. I like that Sandler doesn't really do that. So I don't necessarily want or need him to do a Billy Madison two. of course, if he were to Announce it, I would be excited. Um, at the end of Billy Madison, he's like, "I'm going to college and I'm and and I'm and, and I'm going to be a, t- a teacher." And Billy Madison or not, I love the idea of Sandler doing a role where he's a teacher. Like that could be fun, even mm-hmm. if it's sort of even if it, even if just if it's just kind of like a bad teacher sort of setup. I could see him at least you know having like having a good old time with it. So you know we'll see if though like if if that's just you know like lazy Sunday clickbait or if there's something to it.
1: I mean. Like piling on to the lazy Sunday clickbait, it does say that Billy Madison was produced by STX Entertainment. Which STX Entertainment, you might recognize, they did recently. Uh, they did a they had a promo special happening at, at Regal where they had last year Hustlers, Twenty One Bridges, and Countdown. Uh, so they're they're a company that's like fairly young. So I don't know how they mixed up that they were involved with Billy Madison. They. They started in 2015 with the gift, from what I can tell. Wow. Uh, huh. So this article I can't, I can't. is pretty well, the, off.
0: Well, what are the what are the like? Can we think of a comedy sequel that has taken that long to come out that has been because like that you know, Bad Zoolander. Santa too bad, bad, Zoolander too bad, Dumb and Dumber two. T.O., bad. Um, You know, Anchorman 2, I like more than most. And that's a nine-year gap. And that's about as close as that has come. I did think, like most of the world, I did think that Bill & Ted 3 was insanely charming and fun. And those movies were never more than – like I never thought the Bill & Ted – the original Bill & Ted movies were like laugh out loud like gut busters. They're more just like charming, like – smile like like chuckle to yourself like hang hangout movies in a way yeah. i mean there's a lot of yeah. fun, but it's so the third the third one definitely measured up to that didn't disappoint but other than that i mean i think especially i don't know what do you think in Austin
1: i mean i guess we'll see how ghostbusters afterlife if it if it's is it technically a sequel
0: it I is think. technically a sequel but i also based on that trailer it appears that everyone involved in that movie Forgot that it was a comedy. <laughs> um, it looks more like someone took. You know what that, that? Okay, we're 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 gonna get off this because this is a tangent. We're tangents within tangents. But that that trailer for Ghostbusters Afterlife with a teaser, I suppose, that was released before it was unceremoniously punted to next year. Um, that teaser looked for all the world like that fake Power Rangers teaser that the director of Detention made where it was, like, grim and gritty Power Rangers reboot before right. they actually did a grim and gritty Power Rangers reboot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was like, it, yeah. It just, like, yeah, it just kind of looked like the, like, you know, playing the theme, the Ghostbusters theme, but, like, in the mournful, like, haunting piano version. Like, it's like, oh, this yeah. is not, like, I don't love that. I, yeah, anyways, let's not talk about Ghostbusters anymore because that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> um, so, anyways, let's you know if Billy Madison two comes out, we will absolutely you know watch its progression with great interest. Uh, to quote Chancellor Palpatine, but uh, otherwise uh, we are otherwise we are you know Adam just keep doing what you're doing. You're you're killing it. Uh, we know you listen, so just hear us on this one. Um, Oh, and I happy
2: birthday, Judd Apatow, who also happy, is a listener.
0: Happy birthday to Judd Apatow, who is yeah. quite obviously a listener to the Billy Gilmore pod. <laughs> and
1: today is December 5th, 2020. Just right. a guy. That's a cue right. of his birthday. Today the 6th.
0: Today's the 6th. <laughs> yes. Today's the um, it's fine. Time has no meaning. We all know this. Um, if any lucky listener is listening to this years later, Just remember, this was all happening in 2020. Context matters. Um, So I think that does it for Sandler News, correct? Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, I did have one. This is not news, but this was just an amusing thing. Um, And it's somewhat weirdly tied up with this movie in, in, in certain ways. So the filmmaker David Fincher has a new film out. Uh, on Netflix, that's the way. It's, that's the one way it's connected to what we're talking about. It's a Netflix <laughs> film, uh, Sandman, paving the way for David Fincher. It's fascinating that the last time David Fincher had a feature film, Adam Sandler was still a year away from having a movie on Netflix, um, and wow. it's yeah. you know that was six years ago. Um, but I, to commemorate this, I have been going through every David previous David Fincher movie over the past few weeks. I've been watching all the David Fincher films. And the other night, I made it to Gone Girl, his last feature film, until Mank. And uh, my girlfriend had never seen it. And so we were sitting there watching, and there's this amazing bit, I guess mild spoilers for Gone Girl if you haven't seen it, but uh, Amy, the the Rosamund Pike character, is sort of talking about all the shit that she has done, like... The way she sacrificed herself for her husband and how dare he not appreciate that and one of the things that she says in passing is uh hold hold on i I wrote it down where is it uh she says i i drank uh i drank domestic beer and watched adam sandler while watching adam sandler movies and that is what she says is like this unspeakable like in addition to like Ben Affleck's an unemployed dude who's, like, playing video games when she's going out, walking out the door to work. Like, that's that's part of the shorthand to show, like, listen, like, I did everything I'm supposed to do as a girlfriend and a wife for this dumbass man. <laughs> um, and so I, I – and I did the uh, – I I don't know if you've if you've seen if anyone's seen the meme online of of Leonardo DiCaprio from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood pointing at the screen, but that was what I did. (laughs) That was what I did when she said drinking drinking beer and watching Adam Sandler movies. I was like, oh oh oh, that's me. (laughs) Um, So so, anyways, that was fun. And weirdly enough, David Fincher kind of gets a shout out in this movie. And that movie, of course, is The Do Over, (laughs) directed by Steve Brill. The Doover. Um, so yeah, I think uh, this one comes pretty pretty quick after Ridiculous Six. I think Ridiculous Six was late uh, early December twenty fifteen. This is May twenty sixteen, um, and it basically uh, yeah let's 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 talk about it. Let's talk about what this movie is about. So uh, we get started uh, at a uh, class reunion for the class of nineteen high school class of nineteen ninety one. Ah, uh, we get instantly. We get our first Sandler squad member. We get Jared Sandler. Uh, I finally know and learned to spot this person. He's been in enough of these movies. Uh, so Jared <laughs> Sandler is the DJ, um, and uh, he throws it over to like, oh, let's throw it to the class of '91 prom king and queen. And the prom king and queen walk in, and it's and it took me a few. It took me like a scene or two to recognize that this was Sean Aston. It um,
2: um it it like. Took me watching like like literally playing this movie over again as soon as we started recording, looking at him on the TV, and then still having to look at Wikipedia and see the name Sean Aston for me to make the connection. I honestly did, did not recognize
0: him. Well, because yeah. he's got like he's he's got like a like a kind of sort of thick head of hair, like you can't really see, but I thought he was I thought it was Jonathan Lofrin at first.
2: I thought it was Steve Zahn. <laughs> I thought it was Steve Zahn too. Uh, I don't
0: I um So yeah, so basically, and then we, where the camera sort of goes over, and we see standing amongst amidst the crowd is um, a uh, a suited like a nice like you know just like a a regular business you know casual business suit suited David Spade with glasses looking a little nebbishy, uh, Mm -hmm. and he is doing a voiceover. Um, Don't know why there needs to be voiceover in this movie at all, but uh, never it's never funny or. Make, makes sense like who is he telling this to um, yeah I, maybe I, maybe it's like a princess bride situation he's like telling it to his grandchild like decades later um, but uh, yeah it's, it's weird um, so David Spade is talking about like what was you know the, the feelings that being at a reunion bring up uh, you know were you a loser were you a cool guy were you a pothead blah 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 really makes you think and uh, Adam Sandler sidles up to him. Uh, so Adam Sandler is playing Max. Uh, Maxipad for, uh, is his uh, is his nickname. That's what's written on his name tag. Um, and he starts reminiscing with David Spade, like, "Remember me? I used to live like across the street from you." Uh, and uh, remember, like Adam Sandler saying this, he's like, "Remember we like you like spied on my mom while she was showering, um, and uh, she knew the whole time while you're we watching." Um, And it turns out that David Spade is married to the former prom queen. Uh, But it's very clear from what we've seen that this former prom queen is like clearly still into, they kind of weird, they kind of like, I thought that that shoe was going to drop before the movie really got into gear. Like it was going to be like, like, but they kind of don't imply, well, they kind of, it seems like they're not implying that she actually is having an affair with this guy. It's once he once he quote unquote dies that she starts sleeping with this guy. But it's like, it's kind of a weird, like you think that'd be like a plot mo- more of a plot motivator.
2: Yeah. Um, like this whole movie is, is, is full of like notions and half formed ideas that are just smushed together and, <laughs> and not very compelling ways. I will say though, that like the opening scenes, schlubby David Spade, Sandler immediately showing up, like so like the movie is very quickly establishing their dynamic. I would say the first 20 minutes of this movie are a solid foundation for what should have been a much better movie. I feel like it starts off pretty strong. Um sure. and like what's kind of frustrating too is that if you want to be generous and kind of squint a little bit, Spade is giving a good performance here. Um I kind of like because I like, mean you know, like like we're like we're so used to him being smarmy. just wise ass and like him just kind of being just like a depressed dude, I think is an interesting mode and he does it well. I like how quickly Sandler just pops up next to him, like interrupting his voiceover. I thought that was kind of like a good move. And, and, you know, considering that this movie turns out to be interminable, the speed with which it begins is admirable, but, and, uh, everything through Spade waking up at the hotel room, to jump ahead a little bit, I think is really solid. And then it kind of goes off the rails from there, sadly.
1: Yeah. So yeah, go ahead. You mentioned, you mentioned David Spade being depressed and that kind of reminds me a little bit of his character in Grown Ups one and two, where he's, he's not like expressively depressed in that, but he just kind of has like a, a has been never made it kind of. Right.
2: And, and, and he was kind of doing something similar in the wrong Missy too. We're going to get into this later, but one thing like my, like, Refrain or mantra from this whole movie for this evening for this episode is that the failure of the do-over really illustrates how good both "That's My Boy" and "The Wrong Missy" are, because you have elements of both of those movies in the do-over. I think not at all successfully, where though, like, like, like this movie shows how those other movies get it right with both the ranch and the kind of like being like being swept off. Uh, hit like his feet into a wilder and crazier life like uh yeah
0: you know uh, with regards to the spade of it all i think that oh this is like it's kind of it's pretty rare for sandler to just do i I get or at least it feels like it's pretty rare maybe i'm wrong but for him to do just like a two-hander like it's like he'll do these the ensemble thing but like you know, he's done like, it's like, he you know, Kevin James in, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, um, you know, Jack, basically whoever he would like, him sharing the, him sharing above the title credit with one other co-star rather mm-hmm. than several. I feel like that doesn't happen that often. I, I mean, off the top of my head, I can think Jack Nicholson in anger management, um, uh, Kevin James and I, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, Chris Rock in the week of. Um, and I can't really, I mean, with the exception of like the Meyerowitz stories is him and Ben Stiller. I think he's probably, he might even be second build in that case, but, um, and that's, that doesn't really count, but.
1: I mean, maybe murder mystery with him and Jennifer Aniston. Yes, yes, of course. Yeah, Yeah,
0: the, 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 he does have the female coast like, like Drew Barrymore is definitely that for him. So I guess. I guess it's not I guess it's not that rare, but this is the first time he's done it with Spade and Spade has been a obviously mm. like around forever with Sandler. Um they go way, way back. Um, mm. and I gotta say, I certainly agree that the wrong Missy is a better film than this. I have to say, watching the wrong Missy earlier this year, I thought, you know, David Spade, I like him, but He's sort of wrong for this role because he can't – I don't I, – I've never been able to see him not play – haven't seen that Paul Schrader movie he's in, but I have never been able to see oh. him not play smarmy and mm-hmm. sort of like superior to it all. And I have to say, I actually did write in my notes at one point, is David Spade good in this? Because I think he kind of – I think he kind of nails it, even even when the movie goes off the rails. I yeah. think he, I think he does a good a good job. Like I don't know. I th-
2: I think he like just like little things c- because I think what what works really well here is that obviously he is just sort of like a sad um, schlubby dude, but he's he like he still has that smarm, but it's just kind of this muted, deflated. He makes his little quips only to himself, like he's the only one who can hear them. So, like when his shitty stepkids are like, "Where are the fucking uh, uh where the fucking fortune cookies?" and so he, and, and so and then it cuts to him like going back to the restaurant and like walking back to his car. Just coming, yeah, I got your fucking fortune cookies, you assholes. Like he's still David Spade, but just like a very sad version of it. So I think that works. Uh, jumping ahead a bit, there's a scene later on where we see him uh processing some surprising information and he's crying and unfortunately by that point in the movie you're like you're like i think most people would have probably given up on the movie by that point so it doesn't it doesn't really land but he is good in that scene like as this guy who's surprised and like moved by this information i think it is a good spade performance uh um, there's you know, you know and, and there's a very funny Catherine Hahn performance later on in the movie too it's just this movie doesn't do them any favors there's a yeah uh,
0: yeah and unfortunately there's a lot of movie because this movie yeah. is an hour and 50 minutes Um, um so it makes very clear ahead.
2: this sorry I was going to say one more thing like this movie also wastes no time in establishing that it is like it's like one of the hard R raunchy dirty Sandler comedies like, like literally one of the first things out of Sandler's mouth is 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 him making a joke about being the one who showed spade his first pair of tits which were his mother so like clearly we're in like very like blue territory and maybe the and maybe like the most recent movie that we were in that kind of level of raunch was i believe that's my boy which works so well which is so funny which is so confident and it's and it's um and it's sort of trash uh you know uh uh tone Whereas this one, whereas this whole movie just feels gross,
0: like. (laughs) Yeah, it's gross. It's gross and kind of, you know, that's my boy. You can't accuse it of not having the courage of its convictions. Right. The do over is a little bit um, of a a little bit of a pulled punch with regards to its rating. Um, Because there is like raunchy stuff in it, but there's nothing truly like, you know, lots of, you know, a bunch of F-bombs, which aren't normal for Sandler's movies um, or the happy Madison movies, you know, drug use, uh, things like that. Uh, but it's certainly not in the realm of like offense giving offense. Um, like you know, in, with that's my boy. Um, the uh, yeah, so basically uh, the <laughs> David Spade, uh, going back to the prom or the prom, the reunion scene, David Spade, Uh, After talking with Sandler for a while, and they're they're reconnecting, Um, his wife, Spade's wife, goes home with Sean Astin, and apparently he doesn't think twice about this. Um, And Sandler mentions – I'm just going to be referring to him as Sandler. I know it's Max Kessler or whatever. I'm just going to be referring to them by their actual actor names. Um, Sandler – Sandler. He gives us the first product placement uh, of the the movie when he mentions Bud Light. Not – it's like, oh, I used to like you used to drink Bud Light, didn't you? And it's like, well, I mean, you get what you can in high school, but I take his I take his point, I guess. Um, so cut to them drinking Bud Light, uh, talking about why they don't hang out anymore. Uh, Sandler talks about how he was antisocial uh, after his dad died, and Spade sort of like helped him out as a kid. Um, Sandler then says that he's an FBI agent. Uh. And then immediately pulls out a joint and gives it to David Spade, but he claims he can't smoke it because he himself, because he's law enforcement. Somehow, David Spade like doesn't he, he, it just doesn't like register with him that that's like the craziest thing in the world that like an FBI agent would hand you a joint. Um, Spade runs a he's the manager of a bank inside of a grocery store. Right. Um, he, he lives in the same house that he grew up in. He still drives the same car he used to drive. Uh, and uh Sandler's like, you know, they're, they're talking about how, like, oh, all these people in there talk, you know, these people at their union are talking about, you know, they dove off cliffs and they've, you know, taken amazing trips. And, and uh, Spade mentions that he has no he has no passport. Um, and he says, I wish I could start from scratch, get my life right this time. Um, Sandler's, we get a glimpse for the first time of Sandler's, uh, according to him, psychotic ex-girlfriend, a woman in like a wig and dark glasses who we don't see up uh, up close. Um, Sandler goes and it seems like he's telling her off, but then he explains that he actually gave her his room key um, so that they can uh, can get together later. Uh, What he actually says was, I decided to feed the giraffe a carrot before taking her back to the zoo. Um, Sure. You're right. Sure. <laughs> uh, and then, weirdly enough, Sandler leaves the scene and uh, Sandler leaves the scene and then we see David Spade sitting at the table and then there's a fucking Corona sitting next to him. I was like, when did they start drinking Corona? And they do a match cut on the Corona to David Spade's office computer desktop like wallpaper. And it's like a cor- his wallpaper is like a Corona ad, <laughs> um, yeah. just a, a beach with a Corona in the foreground.
2: And almost consistently for the rest of the movie, they are just doing Coronas, except for one more time when Sandler is like, like, hey, buddy, I got you a Bud Light keg. Like, it, like It's like they film these scenes at different points in the production.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, but 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 that's another weird thing is that he when they get on that boat later he says like you know check it out and David Spade's like what you got like a party a, a party box or whatever it's called like the the Budweiser like mini keg thing in a box right. um, and they you know they talk about it and blah 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 there's a joke where like they've left the the they've left the keg like in the driver's seat of the boat while they like go tubing or whatever um, but like a few shots later they're both holding Coronas and I'm like so what the fuck what what the fuck was the Bud Light for
2: um, you know. Um, Wilson Smith is is a well documented um, fanatic for the Fast and Furious movies. We all are, but but you know, um, it's certainly a thing with with our good friend Wilson here. And I think you would agree, Wilson, that the Corona placement in this movie would even make Vin Diesel like blink. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, and it's really it's, weirdly, it's weirdly kind of, fu- uh, it's weirdly really kind of funny because in the Fate of the Furious. One problem with that movie, is sort of like conceptual like I think it speaks to like conceptual flaws with that film, is that suddenly, anytime anyone's drinking a beer in Fate of the Furious, it's a Bud Light, not a Corona. So it's like they did the it's like they traded, like they uh. like Fate of the Furious and the Do Over, Pete in a Fountain, and they switched uh, beer preferences <laughs> uh, when lightning struck. Um, so, anyways, uh, that that's either here or there, except for the product placement. Um, uh, Max calls him while he's at work um, you know just checking in on whatever um, David Spade goes home his shit ass adopted kids that are a lot like the kids from Bill Murray's kids from Rushmore um, they uh, they like punch him in the gut and spray him with water um, and then his wife went, it turns out his wife wins a uh, two day spa weekend uh, at the Ritz Carlton product placement uh, even though we don't see it so I guess it's it's negligible but um, and she's deciding to go with her friend, not with Spade. Um, There's also a prominently placed Pringles can behind them the whole time, it stuck out like a sore thumb. So that's product placement. Um, Spade goes back to uh, he goes back to the Chinese restaurant that he'd been at for fortune cookies. Gets a call from Sandler saying like Hey, man, like let's it's time to hang out. Like come down to Florida. I got this boat. Blah blah blah. And then we just we just dive right in. Like Spade, because he has the weekend free, decides to go hang with his buddy. Uh, Adam Sandler, Max, uh, and uh, they go on the boat, there's a Bud Light party ball, um, Spade christens the boat uh, by shattering like a champagne bottle on the front of it, and Sandler does the same uh, the same thing that he did in Mr. Deeds, where he's just like, oh god, no, why would you do that? Yeah, I'm just messing with you, like that sort <laughs> of thing. Um, This is where I wrote, why are they drinking Corona? Um, (laughs) The the boat they're on is called Fish and Chicks, which is like, that's just low hanging fruit, but I respect it. (laughs) Um, If you actually had that boat registered boat name in Florida, I respect you even more. Um, There's a bit where they're out on the water and these ladies flash them, like show their boobs. So we see that because our rating. Um, And then they ask for... uh, David. They ask for the guys to show their dicks, and David Spade does. Uh, we don't see David Spade's dick, but uh, we, we do see him laughing at it. We see his tushy. That's right. We see uh, his and tushy. It's, and it's don't open. worry, we see some male male nudity later. But this
2: this was legit. My biggest laugh of the movie. Um, uh, when uh, and and again, like it's like it's it's kind of a like a. a, a a frustrating glimpse as to the stronger movie that, that it should have been. But yeah, so the ladies take off the tops, they clap, and then they encourage Spade to drop Trout. He does. They're like, boo, and they're pointing and laughing. And then you think Sandler's going to like, okay, okay, I'm going to show them my my... My, like, my, like, wonder dick, but instead, he pulls out this boat flare and <laughs> points it at him <laughs> and just shoots this, this rocket, the small little rocket at them. The ladies the, dart out of the way, one of them falls into the water. <laughs> it's, it's,
0: it's, I did it's, legit like, I was like, oh, is he like a psychopath? I forgot yeah. what this I forgot what the movie it's, was
2: about. It's a really good bit of physical, like, humor. Um, and the movie, <laughs> and, 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 and like, I, you know, I'll. Take the chuckles here where I can get them, but that did make me laugh. It was like a, it was, it was a well constructed and well timed gag, Austin.
1: And it, is this is this the uh, is there another Happy Madison film that has nudity in it? Because this this film has a lot. There's for, gotta be um,
0: there's gotta be something. In That's my boy, right?
1: Yeah, uh, I just I, I just like, can't remember anything. I, I feel I mean, like even there's probably a strip club scene. There's probably a strip yes.
0: club.
2: But yeah, you do like, You never see any like nudity from the like hot teacher character. They kind of keep that under wraps. But I, yeah, there is a strip club. That's and, not really. He just he just doesn't really go there that often. It's not really his thing. Yeah, it
0: is... seems especially because he he puts his wife and daughters into all his movies. Well, like it's yeah. probably not the most. Like
1: yeah. <laughs> It seems so gratuitous yeah, here. And it's. I, I will say the, the one of the most obnoxious things in this movie. Is and it only happens a couple times, but there's like music cues uh that are just like country like Kenny Chesney country music. Yeah, and it's just obnoxious and like such a weird vibe. I mean it 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 works with the Florida vibe, but it's just such a different thing than we've experienced, I feel like, before. This movie 70s hard rock country.
2: (laughs) This movie, like like the like this is the movie that Amy from Gone Girl probably had to watch and like, that's why she was so mad and, 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 and like vindictive, like, like every, like, obviously throughout the duration of this podcast where we are celebrating what we love and also defending what we feel has been unfairly like maligned. um, This movie would like, I give some ammo to like the worst sort of like critical cliches of why Adam Sandler movies are gross and bad and stupid like <laughs> like this movie has a lot of those elements in it unfortunately
0: so so and this is a pretty freewheeling thing we're gonna get through the plot um, you know we're, we're we'll continue doing that but I do you know we can we can sort of interject and free flow here because I think it's interesting for years I saw this one came out and for years, I have said that it is absolutely. Bottom of the barrel, Adam Sandler, like, not my least favorite, uh, because that's men, women, and children. No, but, like, sure. true, but truly, like, like dire, uh, offensive, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't know. I'm not here. I'm not here to defend the do-over, really. It, it may, be re- may be relatively compared to some other reactions. But I don't know what it is about this viewing, it was mostly painless. Like this viewing, I was like, it's like, I, I had like told everyone that it was the only outright stinker of the Netflix bunch. And it is still his weakest Netflix film, but I'm just like, I don't know. There's something about like the bad stuff didn't offend me as much. Um, The big problem is that there it's never really funny enough. There's not Mm -hmm. enough. Like even, even some, even some of Sandler's bad movies have really funny moments And I never got close to like a belly laugh watching this movie. Um, But anyways, so I'm not, I'm actually not in the like, I'm no longer weirdly enough. It came from, it went from like a one star on the like five star scale. It went from like a one star movie to a two, two and a half star movie for me, which is not saying much, but I didn't, I did not expect that reaction at all. It, it doesn't really count as a pleasant surprise because I didn't think it was actually like a hidden gem or whatever. But it's like, oh, OK, like moving right along. Like mm-hmm. I'm not I, it didn't it didn't hurt. It didn't physically hurt me to rewatch. <laughs> um, yes. So anyways, well, uh, we, we, we can talk more uh, about that. Uh, let's this plot is weirdly convoluted. It's not written. This script was not written initially, at least by sandler and tim hurley and so this this seems like something that sandler read and was like uh, like murder mystery where it's like oh like i can make this work for me right um but the plot plotting of this movie is like strangely convoluted or like takes a lot takes a little while to unravel what exactly is going on um in a way that you could almost call ambitious like or like for for an adam sandler movie the way it is plotted um But it's it's very like it's all to no real effect. Um, It basically so we're we're dancing around this. Adam Sandler blows up their boat uh, that they are on, and drives away with David Spade uh, in like a smaller boat. Um, And it turns out that uh, he Sandler has faked their deaths, maxed out his credit cards, gotten David Spade a passport and Sandler mentions that he's a coroner and he borrowed these two dead bodies, um, to stand in for them. And they are adopting the identities of these two, uh, of these two men who, who died, uh, Butch Ryder and Ronald P. Fishman. Uh, David Spade is Fishman. Sandler is Butch Ryder. Um, and, uh, there's a they, they go to Adam. Adamson goes to his own funeral, Huck Finn style, or is Tom Sawyer style? I can't remember which one. Tom Sawyer goes to his own funeral. Um, yes. So it, Tom Sawyer style uh, goes to goes to his own funeral. Uh, sees uh, sees the crazy ex girlfriend sort of like carrying on uh, his dry cleaners there, and we also see Nick Swordson looking very suspicious and official uh, in sunglasses. Um, <laughs> uh, David's. Sp- oh, and I, I like when uh, I like when David Spade goes to his funeral and his wife says like uh, she says, I, I felt real sad that he was a Democrat. That made me laugh. Um,
1: uh, Florida.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then Sean Aston gets up and I don't even remember what he said, but he mentions very explicitly. He's like, I'm not talking about my Ford F-150. So I chalked it up to product placement. Um, let's see. Um <laughs> They uh, oh both of his both of Spade's adopted sons are are jacking it in their bunk beds um, and uh, yeah the, Sean Astin is having sex with his wife while they're watching the Dolphins football game um, oh there's also at Sandler's funeral there's Dunkin' Donuts product placement it's just sitting there on the bar next to Nick Swardson for no reason um, they uh, Sandler says that he has this key that he pulled out of. Now, this is not explained by later plot developments uh, at all, because if he's not a coroner, as we learn later, did he fish around in this man's asshole for this key because he found a key to a safe deposit box in Puerto Rico? Um, and unless you think like he, he's not lying about him pulling it out of his ass because Spade, Spade smells it and immediately vomits because it smells like shit.
2: And and it, it's a weird bit, too, because yeah you know, he, like, he smells like shit, like, oh, it came out of his ass. And then so Spade has a very kind of like, you know, sort of like SNL-esque, you know, like projectile violent thing. And the way this is blocked, I thought was very odd because like Spade turns around very quickly, throws up. You can see some of the projectile stream, but like it's blocked by most of Spade's shoulder. It's like they went for the bit. They went through the effort of making the vomit effect, but they obscure it by Spade's like body. It's- it almost feels like
0: they they threw CG. It's like they filmed it to where they wouldn't have to use an effect, and then they were like, "Oh, well, we would see something. We have stupid amounts of Netflix money. Just CGI it in." Yeah, I don't
2: know. Yeah,
1: you know, you know what's a funny, uh, weird little aside is? I think that's Jared Sandler again as the DJ. As
0: yes, a, it is.
1: Yeah. So it, he just totally shows is. up again from 91 to 2016, still alive, still the that's same so,
0: age. That's so funny. Um, so David Spade realizes that it's to a safety deposit box. Um, he uses his he, – because he works in a bank, he uses it to look at the federal bank, bank database or whatever, which I'm sure is a real thing. Um, I don't know why he would still have access after he's declared legally dead. That feels like something that they would – be pretty fucking quick to lock that down. Be like, yeah, no, that like this, this login is no longer valid. Um, store bank. no one cares. That, uh, <laughs> sure. Um, so they go to Puerto Rico. Uh, they go to the bank. Uh, Adam Sandler insults the bank teller talk or not teller, but like the manager says that he looks like one of the Mario brothers. Uh, they open up the safety deposit box and inside is a lot of money, a tablet, like an iPad, a note from someone named Dakota, talking about like the safe house that they've been set up with Um, and a key to the house. They go to this house. It's huge. It's a mansion. It's like five houses in one. um, As Spade says, there's a Ferrari in the garage. They take that out for a spin. Um, They go to this bar. Uh, I'm I'm just trying to skip through all this as lightly as possible. Um, Spade goes to a, they go to a bar. Spade gets up and just like, like an idiot, just like starts drunkenly, telling all the people like, I'm Ronald Fishman and that's Butch Ryder. And we just moved it over here and it's going to be great. And um, they, uh, and Sandler tells Spade that to maintain the fiction that they are these two people, they're going to have to get the tattoos that they had. And Spade is going to have to get the tongue piercing that Ronald Fishman had. And that's very strange to me because why, why would they need the, the tattoo... I know we, we, we don't need to spend too much time on this, obviously. Uh, but why in God's... I just couldn't figure it out. It's like, well, what the fuck is the point of having a tattoo that says Dakota when you look nothing like the person in question? Like, like, may, like, the only circumstance in which that would work is if someone was like, I've never seen the guy, but I know he has these distinguishing characteristics. He's got a tattoo of Dakota on his, like, a tramp stamp, basically. Um, so, anyways... Dum, dum, dumb. Next morning, Spade after getting the tongue piercing. Uh his tongue is huge and swollen. Uh they are in the pool uh looking at this tablet, uh, you know, whatever. Um, On Billy, Madison,
1: next, floaties. Like, I've yes, never Billy Madison
0: floaties. Like, yes, Billy Madison floaties. Which I I, I I did I did write reminiscent of Billy Madison. Um, I was
2: kind of waiting for some for like some other. Like maybe they were drinking daiquiris instead of you know the but like the Corona or some kind of like other reference, but no. But it is it, it cool to you know <laughs> notice the callbacks, such as it is.
0: Um, so then their neighbor Dawn comes over, and I didn't catch this actress's name, but it's the woman who plays the like the the uh, the the female anchor in Bruce Almighty, um, the like the one that uh, the one that Jim Carrey like wants to work with or whatever. I did recognize her. Um, <laughs> There
1: and on his uh, as they're scrolling through the tablet, there's two um, product placements: one for an app for Jenga and one for yes. a Netflix app.
0: Yes, so Netflix and Jenga both. And Jenga, not to jump too far ahead, but Jenga gets the coveted, the coveted pride of place for product placement that is a plot point in an Adam Sandler film. We've seen those before. So Jenga, Jenga is now among their lofty number um so um and J- i don't actually know how Jenga works on an ipad i don't know how Jenga would work. i thought it was had to be in three dimensions that you i mean i i, I don't know anyways let's really getting in the weeds here <laughs> um so uh i've been i've been home alone sure. too long <laughs> um, so then um she uh Dawn the neighbor mentions like let's let's go out clubbing they go out to the club uh Don's friend a blonde Jackie Sandler uh Sam Squad member herself uh Jackie Sandler um is there as Dawn's friend and who else is there but one of my favorite character actors to see pop up in any movie ever Louis Guzman uh, oh, I love that right. man He's the best and I had completely forgotten I was say I was saying to myself as I was watching it, I was like yeah this is great it's too bad he's not sandler squad because he hasn't really done like the i completely forgot about Punch on glove oh and that's right so yeah because i was right. like yeah he's great in these early pta movies and just, oh right
1: and you also get um the dude from 100 fresh dan dan B, whatever his name is dan uh Something, the guy who plays the piano and 100% fresh. He's oh, is here. Oh, he
0: the understudy or whatever? He's
1: like the sketcher. Yeah. He's like sketching them and watching them the whole time.
0: Well, I thought he was like, I thought he was supposed to be like the, the like, like, like when you have a waiter at a restaurant and it's like, oh, hey, so and so is going to be training with me today, like shattering me. I, that's what I took from what Luis Guzman said was like, this guy, like, I'm your whatever, whatever. I'm like your shot grabber or whatever. But, uh, this is like the person studying under me. (laughs) Gotcha.
1: I looked away from the initial introduction and saw him just in the bedroom in the next scene. His name's Dan Bula, but he's been recurring a few times now.
0: Uh, Shooter boy, that's what he calls himself. He's a shooter boy and shooter boy in training. Um, So they lie to these women about being in their mid fifties or Sandler does. And Sandler says, you know, they'll think you got the fountain of of youth, Um they um yeah so so people they think they look like their age. Yes. Uh so they say that uh the the the, they tell the two women that they are in their mid-50s rather than their mid-40s. And when Spade asks why, Sandler says, well, because you know they'll think you're like you look young for your age, they'll think you've got like the fountain of youth. Um, so it's like a you know, it's a way to flirt, another way to flirt. Um suddenly cut to smash cut to them just like back at the pad just straight up having a three is david spade is having a threesome with uh dawn and luis guzman and luis guzman i laughed at this i didn't laugh a ton during this movie but i laughed at this with guzman being like man like you got to stop staring at me like just stop staring uh it's making it weird and uh adam sandler is over in the corner with uh his irl wife Passed out drunkenly on his shoulder, um, which I thought was weird, weirdly sweet. <laughs> uh, it,
2: it, it is kind of sweet, actually. Like he's like, because you know, he like the, he, 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 he he's Sandler. He can do whatever he wants. He could have been the one enjoying the crazy action, but nope, he's there taking care of. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: And he saved taking his misses. He saved his wife from being part of the Eiffel Tower. Like yes, exactly. That's him. right. Um, um, so then, the girl,
2: nasty. the girl has. But I do enjoy the blocking of this three-way scene with Guzman. It, it, it's good.
0: <laughs> so she, so she uh, just wants to get off the ground because she like her knees are bad, and so uh, David Spade has to get on the ground, and then Luis Guzman. I don't know if it's prosthetic. I don't know if it's uh, the the real Gooseman himself, but it's uh, his ball sack just like in in the frame and it's dripping on David Spade's face. So content warning for that. Um, so the next morning Sandman is making breakfast for David Spade. He taunts him with the sausage because of course he does. Um, and then they look at, um, they look at the iPad and they, and Adam Sandler shows David Spade Fishman, the guy whose identity he stole Fishman's wife, who is Paula Patton, an actress I completely forgotten was in this movie. Um, Lovely, I mean, Lovely doesn't really cover it. Paula Patton is in, just insanely gorgeous. Um, and, anytime, and I feel like I wish she had had a better career in general. Like, not her fault, at least as far mm-hmm. as I know. But I think, like, ever since I saw her in a not, she is the best part of a not very good movie. Idle, Wild, the outcast musical. Oh, yeah. Um, is outstandingly good in that Um, and she is and she's great uh, she's great in a bunch of other things she's in the fourth Mission Impossible movie um, Mm. and this year was kind of should have been a big year for her but unfortunately her roles in 2016 were the do-over and uh, a very unfortunate part in Warcraft the movie Warcraft Um, (laughs) I haven't seen her on screen since Warcraft I hope she's doing okay um, but yeah, anyways, uh, they're at the pool, uh, Spade Here's the doorbell underwater. Um, he's, he also makes a sandwich in the pool. Um, and then, uh, who should show up, but Michael Chiklis, member of the, uh, <laughs> former, you know, fantastic four actor, Michael Chiklis, the shield star, Michael Chiklis. Uh, he shows up as Dawn's husband, uh, who realizes that like they had a threesome the night before and uh, is here to beat up Adam Sandler. And then suddenly, suddenly, these fucking hitmen show up and all of a sudden, 30 minutes in or whatever, it's like an action movie. These hitmen show up and start shooting at Spade. But first they hit Michael Chiklis in one of his knees and he falls down. And I was like, that's really not funny at all because like it's never it's, it's never actually funny when someone gets shot. It can be funny in movies, but generally, like a knee injury is like that's gonna cripple you. Yeah. Um, so, so um, one of the hitmen, interestingly enough, I'm not sure if we caught this during our Funny People episode, but Torsten, I don't know how to spell pronounce his last name, but Torsten Vogus, Vogus, um, he was the very tall, diehard, like blonde dude from Die Hard esque doctor. The funny people, the one whose accent they continually, they continually made fun of. Um, he's like nine feet tall. He's also in The Big Lebowski as one of the uh, one of the nihilists.
2: Uh, okay, um, okay.
0: He's like nine feet. I mean, they joke about him being like nine feet tall. Um, and uh, Sandler shows up with a gun, starts blasting his way, you know, blasting his way, and like helping David Spade. Chickles gets out of the pool. Sandler promptly shoots him in the other knee. And again, I presumably, this is supposed to be funny, but I was like, that man may never walk again. I
1: remember that being the funniest moment for me the first time I watched this, seeing him get shot the second time. I I, I revel in people's pain and and long-term issues. I do think think that this guy, um, this guy from Funny People, while watching this, I kind of have this theory that he's the whole reason this movie exists. I have a feeling that they, they were just shooting the shit one day, like, oh, yeah, we should make kind of like a James Bond type, like Die Hard, some sort of like thriller movie where I'm a spy slash hero slash type person. And maybe this guy that was like kind of this ominous presence and funny people who was funny and, you know, just seemed like a Bond villain. I think the, I think he could be the st- like the villain in this movie if I ever make one. Like, I really feel like that's the whole purpose of this movie is him.
0: Well, it definitely feels like, and obviously we're sort of, we're speculating here because we don't have any insider knowledge, but like it does, it does speak to me. Obviously we talk all the time about Sandler squad and he likes to work with the same people, but it feels like it kind of speaks to that spirit of generosity where it feels like, Hey, here's a dude who really, like all the diehard jokes aside, here's a dude who really should be like, he would like, I'm sure Sam was just like, this guy, this dude would kill it in an action movie. Like, he would kill it as, like, a, a scary villain. So, like, why, and then when, like, either either they, that's the genesis of it, or when they come around to, like, making this movie, Samer keeps him in mind, like, oh, I gotta call that guy, um, which is I al- great.
1: I also want to say that he probably, looking at his uh, track record, he works, he's worked a few times with... Um, The uh, famous director Rob Zombie, and I have to assume this was also an opportunity to pull him out of that, because you have to pull people out of Rob Zombie movies so they never go back.
0: That's true. That's very true. Yeah, if if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you'll fall into Rob Zombie's filmmaking family, and that's not a place you generally want to go. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we'll talk more about that on our Rob Zombie cast. Um, (laughs) But yes, the the uh, the, so so anyways. Sandler, uh, they, they, they escape in the Ferrari and in the process of escaping in this Ferrari, they run over, not run over. They just knock like Nick Swardson goes flying over the Ferrari. Um, turns out Sandler didn't research the people whose IDs they stole enough. Uh, and like these two guys have been murdered. Um, Sandler admits that he's actually a guidance counselor, not a coroner. He's a guidance counselor who went to the police academy, but failed the psych exam, which is just the movie Observe and Report, He failed the psych exam, and he also couldn't pop a wheelie on a motorcycle because he wanted to be a motorcycle cop. Uh, They decide they want to go find Paula Patton, and so they rent a trailer and drive to Georgia, presumably not from Puerto Rico, but that's never really covered. Um, (laughs) There's a wanted poster in this neighborhood for Fishman, the character whose identity David Spade sold, and it's here that I started to ask myself, wait a minute, were these people not declared dead? Like, I don't, like, why? Because Sandler, now he's, a he was lying when he said he was a coroner, but he says that he, like, gave them a cremation uh, or fake cremation, put, like, fake remains, and then he just, like, kept the bodies for his own purpose to fake his own death. And I'm just like, but why do people not, what do people think has happened to these guys? Like, has it been announced anywhere? I don't know. Who cares? Um... Inside the trailer, Sandler's on the phone. Spade catches Sandler on the phone, talking to a sex line, weirdly reminiscent of Punch Drunk Love, uh, <laughs> while having sex with a sex doll. Um, they they tail Paula Patton while she's jogging, um, and S- Sandler makes the decision to like r- drive the 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 Winnebago or whatever, like drive it into Paula Patton and knock her ass flat on the ground. Uh, they could have killed her, but uh, they do that to like be like, "Oh, so sorry." Like here, we're doctors; we'll take you back. Um, they, uh, they 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 are sort of talking to her. Uh, they you know help they help her out. Uh, Nick Swordson shows up, uh, and that freaks Paul Patton out because she doesn't suddenly doesn't realize who these two guys are. They have to kill her. She stabs David Spade in hand. Uh, they uh, they show they they get in the Range Rover. Uh, At Paula Patton's place and they they once again run over Nick Swordson um, which is just like a theme I guess that's a running gag is him getting injured in car accidents Um, (laughs) I like I kind of like the running gag of Adam Sandler showing people these incredibly gruesome crime scene photos Um, and he because he because here's what happens is he shows Paula Patton the the body of her husband quote-unquote And Paula Patton immediately has a a legitimate, not comedic reaction to seeing your loved one brutally slain. (laughs) Like they're dead fucking corpse. She is like distraught and starts crying and weeping and screaming. And it's just like, man, man, like what the hell? And,
2: Um, and, and like, as awful as this sounds, like, I feel like, the movie needed more of that kind of confidence in it's like dark or off color jokes because it's funny. Like it's, it's awful, but it's funny. But like that, the bit where Sandler just all of a sudden shoots the flare, like at the, like at the bikini ladies, like it needs that kind of confidence. a la that's my boy for this sort of like, like raunchy, dark action comedy to work. It doesn't have enough of that. So it just feels sort of haphazard, the whole thing.
0: Yes. Um yeah, and so so basically the uh they go to this oh they they learn that Fishman was the head of a pharmaceutical company. Um Butch Ryder was a friend um who was on the FBI's most wanted list. They go to this biker bar. I forget how they figure out that's where they need to go. but They go to this biker bar um and uh inside uh I Sandler Sandler at one point has a joke where he says he talks about uh, he's like yeah my favorite fruit is a peach I could eat a peach for two or three hours and I'm like that's a weird like I, I know it's not a reference to face off. But like that's the only other time I've heard that used in that context, where Cage is like peach. I could eat a peach for hours as he's like leering at that woman. Um, And it's just like I don't know. It just I was maybe one. Is this a reference or? I
2: felt like it was a callback to it. because they deleted or
0: something? Yeah.
1: Do you think they? So there's a joke in here. The the bartender has this kind of like um, septum piercing that is like a bone split out both ends of his nose do you think he like cast these people and then makes the joke or do you think he makes the joke they cast them and they put this bone spur in his like nose because it's like there's Uh... a few jokes made in spite of this guy and it's like i don't even know who this actor is and it's like it Mm -hmm. it plays into one of the few moments of humor in the movie
2: And I will say, too, um, and this kind of harkens back to the David Spade that we're used to, but there's because like Sandler makes the first show like, hey, good for you on killing that small elephant so you get the tusk in through your nose. And then later on, Spade, who, you know, is pretty milquetoast and soft spoken. It's like, hey, Bam Bam, can we get can we get another shot of Jameson? And again, that was one of my big laugh lines in the movie. Just like, it's like for a second there, they let him be old school Spade. <laughs> hey, Bam Bam, give me another shot. I love it.
0: <laughs> so they, um, oh, and here's where, and I, I promised I promised earlier that there was a, there was a David Fincher reference. Uh, David Spade here makes the, uh, I guess it's technically a Fitzgerald reference, but David Spade uh, overshoots the mark and claims to be seventy um, <laughs> rather than fifty-five, and Paul and that turns Paul Patton off. And Adam Sandler calls David Spade Benjamin Button, um, oh, right. which I was like, I was like, oh, like just watching that right on the heels of Gone Girl and the Sandler reference. It's like these movies are in dialogue with one another; they're speaking <laughs> to each other. Um, so uh, they basically. Uh, Sandler gets in a in a fight with these biker guys in this bar. One of them is Jonathan Lawfrin, but he uh, Sandler squad member Jonathan Laufren, Um, but he gets in a fight with these guys, and then it turns out that one of these bikers, uh, Ro- well, Ronnie Ronald Fishman, was working on anti cancer drugs uh, for his friend Butch Ryder, who had stage four cancer, uh, but the project lost its funding. Uh, and Butch, the reason Butch was on the FBI's most wanted list is because Butch robbed banks to pay for the treatments. Um, so this is the first that we have learned of the cancer sub. I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> but the cancer subplot or sub-theme or what have you of the do-over. Um I'd forgotten forgotten that it took this long to get introduced into the film. Um, It's very, very strange for a movie like this to involve itself in a real disease like this. And not only that, but spoiler alert, end the movie with cancer being cured. Like, it's kind of insane the way that the movie just like hand waves away the fact that at the end, jumping ahead... They cure
1: cancer. And it kind of gets technical into like FDA and pharmaceutical companies and like how they're like they're holding back this cure. And like, you know, they had to do their own separate trials and all this stuff. It's just like it's it's pretty bizarre how like far they go down it. It's not just. Yeah, he he had the cure for cancer. It's like, yeah, he had the cure for cancer and the FDA didn't like let them do it. So they had to do the non-clinical trials and then they got caught and all this, that and the other. It's like it's beyond crazy
0: yeah it's it's very weird um turns out the big biker dude who took the swing at sandman uh is is dakota the one who sandler was looking forward to because he thought she was a hot woman who set up the <laughs> same house for them in puerto rico um you know it turns out that Ro- uh, not only was uh butch Ryder, which like with a name like that come on dude but not only was butch <laughs> Ryder like how did you not notice that but uh, not only was Butch Ryder uh, sleeping with this biker, but Butch Ryder and Ronnie Fishman were gay together. And here's the thing that I will say about this movie, like absolutely 100% full stop bad about this movie, is that this movie, I, I oftentimes, because I'm a straight white dude and have those blink, those blinders on, when sometimes people will like say stuff about certain movies and they're like oh like there's like homophobic humor and I'm mm-hmm. like oh like I guess if you I guess like if you put it that way like I guess I can sort of see it but I don't think it was like in that spirit this movie a lot of genuinely homophobic jokes that's very strange for 2016 and it's very like and it's more so there are more homophobic jokes in this than I think other Sandler movies have had e- way more than like I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Um, and it's just like because like the, the the whole idea of Butch and Ronnie being gay together and Ronnie and 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 or and, and Butch and the Biker being gay together, it's sort of like treated with this this extreme side eye, like, oh okay. Um, and and they find out that now this this, I don't think, is homophobic just because like it's an invasion of privacy. It's not okay. but they learned that uh, David Spade's uh, so-called tongue ring is actually a cock stud um, <laughs> that was on uh, was that was on Ronald's dick. And so uh, you know, he's just had that in his mouth the whole time. Um, as they're getting ready to leave, uh, Dakota tries to kiss Butch, and Sandler rebuffs him, but not he at least leaves him with a little something. Uh, by pretending to like deep throat his fingers um, so that uh, Dakota will have something to remember him by. But that doesn't happen because Dakota gets shot by uh, the German man, uh, the nihilist from Big Lebowski. Um, a chase ensues that basically is pointless. It ends with the them getting away from the German guy. Um, they go to Sandler's mom's house uh, and uh, Sandler's mom is basically like senile and can barely remember him um, or seemingly can barely remember him. Um, And uh, there's Raisin Bran in the kitchen. Notice that it was turned right at the camera. So that's another great bit of product placement.
1: It's an Obama on the fridge.
0: There's an Obama on the fridge to reminder who the president is. Um, (laughs) And then uh, there's a, they they have dinner. Um, There's the power goes out during dinner. um, And, Sandler mentions like I, he says this thing when he's like I always keep a condom in my wallet and an umbrella in my car cuz you never know when you're you're going to fuck in the rain and his mother is like language and he's like oh mom this is the other line that I this is a line that I actually did laugh quite a bit at when he's just like mom you know you fucked in the rain and she just goes that's true and the snow <laughs> and the snow <laughs> um, and it's it's just very well delivered um, and then who should show up but Catherine Hahn, as the so-called crazy ex-girlfriend, she bursts in with a gun, uh, and Sandler and she proceed to have wildly passionate sex, uh, while Paula Patton and David Spade are in the next room listening. Um, Spade confesses to Paula Patton why he wanted to restart his life. Patton, ha- Paula Patton is sort of like, we're both adults, we can sleep in the same bed together, and um, they talk about how they both had unfaithful spouses, like spouses who they didn't like know were doing like, like sleeping with other people when they were there or like they didn't get paid attention to sexually when they were in those relationships. Um It's, again, I don't want to, I don't at all want to give the movie more credit than it deserves. I think this scene's kind of basically fine. I think that like Patton and, Sp- like it's not that it's not that they have great chemistry together but somehow paula Patton may is a good enough actress to sell the the notion that because of the circumstances that they're in it's not the craziest thing in the world that she might be she might fall into bed with david spade which is what happens um again i don't want to like claim that it's like a great dramatic scene or anything but it 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 sort of basically worked for me on a, on an emotional level, in a or like on a, on a character level that I was like, oh, I wouldn't ex- like I would feel this. This should be like really perfunctory, but it kind of it's like, oh, maybe I just really have a crush on Paula Patton. I think that might be what's happening here
1: for sure. I'm, I'm
0: uh,
2: sweetly underplayed by both of them.
0: Uh, Chris, we 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 lost you. We lost you about. 10
2: seconds ago okay can you are we we good for sure
0: for sure yeah we're good now for sure
2: okay Uh, i said for sure um you know paula Patton is very charming so we all have a crush on her and i think you're right like this the scene is sweetly underplayed Mm -hmm. by both of them and i think it works however this is the do-over this is the (laughs) doover. so it ends with it ends with spade not giving her a, a tender smooch but giving her a a tongue fucking, as was described by the Sandler's character earlier. So it's like this movie doesn't even let the nice scenes play out without, yeah,
0: some yeah, gro- it some,
2: some like some gross weirdness.
0: <laughs> hey, Austin, you're muted. <laughs> uh,
1: and just just seeing the, uh, the tongue fucking happening is disgusting in its own right. <laughs> just like the and just like. Seeing it because you don't actually get to see it. It's like kind of just like that vomit scene where it's from behind. You <laughs> kind of it out. So you just imagine yeah. the tongue going in and out of the open mouth, like maybe you know touching the top of the roof of the mouth. It's disgusting. Every bit of it is disgusting. You
0: know, Paul Patton doesn't deserve this. She already had her 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 cheating ass man uh, do do her dirty. Robin Thicke. And then Robin Thicke recorded an entire embarrassing album called Paula, where he's trying to get her back, which, to my knowledge, did not work. Um, so she's a she's 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 been through a lot relationship-wise. Just the fact that she can play any of this speaks to her gifts as an actress. So that's
1: who Paula Patton is. Yes. Okay. For some reason, I kept thinking she was like the first time I read Paula Patton, I thought it was like a super old actress for some odd reason. I don't know why of who I'm thinking of, but okay.
0: I genuinely, you. Like, you know, again, not to make this the Paula Patton cast, but like I genuinely to reiterate, she's very talented and she's got this classical beauty to her where it's like, it doesn't make sense to me that like, it's like, it's like a very different type of actress where like Lily James is someone where I'm like, why is this, why is this person not the biggest actress in, in Hollywood right now? Like, I don't, I don't understand it. Like it all, the it's all seems to be there. Anyways. Glad she graced us, with, graced us with her presence here. Um, they uh, they go, the next day, they go to, oh, incidentally, that is where I wrote, that scene was where I wrote in my notes, is David Spade good in this? Question mark. <laughs> um, and uh, the next day, they go to uh, Ronald's business partner's house, Shecky. is <laughs> played by Matt Walsh, who is a uh, character actor that you've seen all over the place. Um, I always think of him as the guy from old school, who is like is begging it? to be let into the fraternity. And he's just like, oh yeah, I play golf on Sundays. I hate golf. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Well known from Veep.
0: Oh, Veep. right. Of course. I've he's, only seen like, two episodes.
2: He's yeah. amazing on Veep. And um, I guess with like the old school uh, Todd Phillips thing, he does have a funny bit in the first hangover as like this doctor who is giving an exposition done to Bradley Cooper as he very casually is like turning head and coughing with this elderly patient. Um, Matt Walsh is great. Um, he's all, you know, like it's sort of like when I see Catherine Hahn set up, I'm like, Oh, cool. Catherine Hahn's amazing. Um, they're not going to save this movie because, because it's unsavable at this point, but it's always nice to see them.
0: <laughs> so th- this weird, um, this weird thing happens with uh, in this scene. Of, well, okay. So they show, they show Matt Walsh, the dead photo of Ronnie. And again, Matt Walsh, like, freaks the fuck out, uh, just like Paula Patton did, um, and uh, <laughs> the, the, which made me laugh. And there is a very odd thing – and I say odd in the sense that I, I genuinely don't know based on what the film shows us. It's hard to tell how much of a joke this is supposed to be because there's a version in which this is very funny – Matt Walsh proceeds to to explaining how he's had like a bad day or a bad week or whatever. He proceeds to tell this like litany of woe where it's like the soup kitchen that I worked in burned to the ground <laughs> and like he says all these other things but it's like it's like <laughs> like the like 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 10 job stories rolled into one. Like it's insane. But again, it's not it's not really played for laughs. Like I couldn't tell what like it's like, are we supposed to think that he's full of shit? Right. Is this a real thing that he's saying that, like, his soup kitchen he volunteers at actually is he actually a good guy? And all this shit happened to him. Later scenes would seem to indicate that might be the case, but it's hard to tell how this joke is being played or whether it's actually a joke. Um, anyways. Um, they they basically Matt Walsh says that like they ran out of funding for the cancer research and that's that. They get in the car, they run fucking Nick. They, they drive away, they run Nick Swarson off the road and get him into this huge crash. And Nick Swarson reveals that he works for American Express and that Adam Sandler's character owes like sixty thousand uh, dollars. They take him to the hospital. Adam Sandler gives him one hundred fifty thousand dollars in cash, um, and is like, "We good." And Nick Swidson's, you know, like I guess that's fine. Um, his he has a compound fracture. His fucking boat is sticking through his arm.
2: The reveal of this is legitimately funny because yeah, Sandler gives him a whole spiel of like, all right, I like I I owe you sixty. Here's a bag full of hundred and fifty. I'm sorry for the trouble. You know, take this back to Amex. Hey, we're, like, go to Hawaii and and do it. I hear they fuck guys with red beers in there. I'm just kidding. No one does. But anyways, you're. <laughs> Gets a vaccine on that shit, and then he and then he walks away, and then like you know, it's like this wide shot, and you see a gnarly ass bone sticking out of his arm. It's one, of, it's you know, again, we'll take the laughs where we can get them in this movie. It's a very good reveal.
1: <laughs> it, we don't see it super often in the Happy Madison uh, filmography, but it's actually like there's actually like two kind of like good stunt scenes, or, not stunt scenes. I mean, like more like uh, explosions and or. Uh, special effects, like, between the car rolling over and crashing, and then the boat earlier exploding. Like, it's actually like, I, I found that to be kind of, like, striking on its own, where it's like, oh, this is, uh, this looks pretty good for a stunt scene.
0: I'd say that, yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, it did cost, this movie did cost $40 million, but I do think that, like, it, it yes, that that looked good. Um, this movie doesn't look I, I, I hate, I love, I love Dennis Dugan's Sandler movies, so I'm not trying to, like, you know, I'm not trying to like kick him while he's kick him while he's down or anything, but it is, you know, the non-Dugan later Sandler movies, it is sort of marked marked, like how, how markedly improved, like from a visual standpoint. Um, Brill obviously he directed Sandy Wexler after this. He directed Hubie Halloween, which we already talked a lot about how we liked the look of that film. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Brill's Brill's more than competent at at this. Um, and,
1: sp- and speaking of good looks, I happen to think that Nick Swardson actually looks like pretty good in this compared to, uh, I think, The Wrong Missy, for example.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, you're right. He does, like, he kind of cut, like, he he seems... It's insane to imagine that Nick Swardson actually seems like a convincing federal agent. Um, but he kind of does, I think. Um, mm-hmm. y- yeah, he cuts that figure, at least. Um, so anyways... Uh, they sneak into the lab to find this formula that Ronnie had to cure cancer, um, and then it turns out they find out um, Spade and Patton find out that um, Sandler actually was one of Ronald's patients. Sandler has cancer; he's being treated with this experimental drug, and then we learned that basically, uh, Ka- uh do we? Kevin Hahn, his his crazy ex. Crazy ex is actually his wife, the wonderful, lovely Catherine Han, who is too good to be in this movie for sure. <laughs> um, she uh, she's actually his current wife, not not crazy ex girlfriend, and all the stuff that we've seen her say, like "you're sick," uh, you know, you know, you need help, all that. Like she's actually talking about his cancer. She's not delusional. Um, and they also have a son together, which like earlier earlier Sandler's mom was pointing at like a picture of a little boy on the fridge and was like, Oh, like that's little Maxie. He's coming to visit me. And Sandler acts like she's forgetting things and that's actually him. But no, it turns out that's his son. Um, And Sandler has decided to go back to Shecky's mansion and uh, torture the information out of him because he's convinced Shecky is a bad guy. He goes to this auto parts store and here's this auto parts store we get a cameo from another cameo from Sandler Squad Stalwart, Dan Patrick, former sports caster, maybe current I don't know, maybe current sportscaster, but Dan Patrick, uh, who's been in a million fucking Sandler movies. Um all, he might actually be like, he's up there with Covert and Swordson and, and all like for, for sheer number of appearances. He uh, is there with his daughters, played by other Sandler squad members, Sandler's real-life daughters, Sonny and Sadie. And Dan Patrick proceeds to talk about, like, how he has to watch the kids because his wife divorced him and is like, got backstage passes to the Slipknot concert. Um, And I got to say, Dan Patrick... For being a not a professional working actor, like other than these Sandler movies, Dan Patrick has become like a highlight of these. Like when he shows up in these movies, he had my favorite, he got my hands down favorite line in Hubie Halloween, where he's just like, <laughs> let him speak. He's a human being. Like, like it's so, the delivery of it was so funny and perfect. And then here, him just grumbling about his like having to watch his dumb kids while his kids are sitting there listening to him like shit talk them um it's just so funny and once again i gotta i just gotta the the things that i liked in this movie you have to like i gotta single them out so shout out to dan patrick i love you in these movies dude
1: dan patrick makes me feel like that uh it it must be that like non COVID times that Adam Sandler has the best Super Bowl parties because I have to assume Dan Patrick's there. I assume the whole Sandler squad is at like a Super Bowl party. Oh, God, it, that that I would rather watch. I'd rather be invited to that than the premiere of a movie. I would want to go to the Super Bowl party or maybe it's hockey. I don't know. Whatever the big sport is that they all watch together.
0: That would be so great. Oh oh my God! And I think like and like I I know. Uh, Dan Patrick actually, I think in uh, the 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 piece by uh, Jamie Keelis that uh, who, who we had on the show, I believe in that piece, I think it's that piece. It might be another one, but someone at one point, someone like Dan Patrick talks to talk to somebody about like, oh no, like once I had no idea that like once you're in one of these movies, if you want, like you'll be you'll be invited back for all of them, like like, and he was saying it rightfully like he was delighted by it. He was like, oh, like it's like, oh, you'll you'll keep coming back. And it's like, oh, oh really? I thought I was just gonna it's like no 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 like they like you absolutely will be. Um so anyways, love seeing him in that. Um there's a funny bit, another funny bit, uh, because I have to single out the funny bits in this movie, uh, where Sandler Wants to get. He's like, "What's that thing that Joe Pesci uses in Casino?" And <laughs> and uh, the elder Sand, the eldest Sandler daughter is like, "You mean a vice?" He, yes, a vice. So Sandler goes to uh, he goes to Shecky, he goes to Shecky's house. Uh, he uh, uh, both Matt Walsh and Sandler like thought each other was were the bad guy, but Sandler like tackles Shecky and, like, breaks his fingers to get him to talk, and it takes him a while to realize that uh, Shecky has a gunshot wound, like, Shecky is sitting there bleeding out, um, and, uh, I liked, uh, uh, I I liked, once again, call back to the previous scene, I liked that Sandler's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna torch you with a, with a, what the fuck is that thing called? (laughs) It's (laughs) It's called a vice. And so he puts Matt Walsh's head in the vice, and, uh, uh, basically, Matt Walsh tells Sandler that Trojgard—I—I—I I, I, I don't know how you pronounce it—but this, the, these the assassins were hired by this company Trojgard, uh, that is a chemotherapy company that wants the anti-cancer drug buried because they would lose billions or trillions in profits ultimately if chemotherapy was no longer a going concern. That is. A remarkably conspiratorial and dark and like anarcho-leftist like <laughs> conception of the world, like yeah, the notion that like a, a corporation would rather keep people getting cancer than let a life-saving drug. It's like that is that's another thing that belies the fact that this is or like undergirds the fact that this is not written by Sandler that it's like this was like another script that they took and like adapted to them because that's i don't know that's just like the the movie kind of shrugs it off or wears it kind of lightly but that's a crazy fucking thing to happen in an adam sandler movie like especially a movie you know all these product placement like you know corporate buy-in to the adam sandler universe and then it's like oh by the way corporations would rather see you dead from cancer than give up on their profits It's, it's like Jesus Christ, man. Um, so, oh, and he offers him, Matt Walsh, before he dies, he offers him his Nikes, which are like, he says he knows a guy at Nike, so that's product placement. They have, they're have they like red polka dots on white. Um, and uh, Sandler's like, oh, you know, thanks. Um, and then the big German dude comes in and ambushes them, uh, and all the torture implements that Sandler had set up for Shecky, uh, this German guy is going to use on Sandman, Um, Spade goes over to Sandler's house and confronts Katherine Hahn Um, they you know learns that Sandler found Fishman and God it's so convoluted why is it why is this like this found Fishman and Butch Rider dead uh, and then he hatched the whole scheme it's very weird to me when you sort of like trace the yarn back to the beginning of the movie it's like so Adam Sandler was a cancer patient who discovered that the people who were coming up with the 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 life-saving drugs were murdered by a chemotherapy company and he had the presence of mind to not only decide to assume these men this man one of these men's identities but also in addition to that to shake up his fuddy-duddy high school friend's life by bringing him in on a like that is so bizarre and goes so unexplained by the end, other than it's just like, well, like, he's a good friend. It's like, we put your life in jeopardy, and also, like, why did you thought about that in the moment? Like, I, I, it's, I mean, it's a breathtakingly bonkers and stupid premise if you drill down, which the movie doesn't.
2: Yeah, it's, in a weird way, watching this movie gradually really show just how, like, far off track it's going to go in a way it kind of reminded me of the feeling I got when I was watching the cobbler and the sense of like, okay, I see how this started as a good idea. I can see that. I can see how this seemed like they had something solid to go with. And then they just made a series of bad story decisions on top of each other. And you can't even recognize where you're at by the end of it. Um, you know, again, uh, I mean, it's an entirely different movie, but the first 20 minutes or so, like maybe like a more like depressing Alexander Payne-esque version of like the, of like of like Grown Ups of like these two sort of dudes who didn't really make it far in life meet at the reunion and go off on some midlife crisis adventure. I kind of want to see that movie with Sandler and Spade. And like them, and, and like maybe even keep the cancer thing if you want to. Like I, 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 but like them, kind of like in a more sad mode, and just you know, sort of feeding off each other's energy, and and just and just sort of like chasing some kind of crazy like uh, adventure. I, I like all that, and I like that dynamic in this movie. But the rest of it is just off the rails, man, and not in an interesting way.
0: Right. Um, oh, they also find out, by the way, in that with the Kaffen-Han scene, uh, David Spade realizes that Jenga. Is like the Jenga app on the iPad is where they're keeping the uh, the, the 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 secret formula for the cancer drug, anti-cancer drugs. Um,
2: also, um, she bought him the the doll, which is funny.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is funny. Just, <laughs> oh, like, so you were on the phone when he was fucking the doll. She's like, "What are you talking about? What do you mean?" No, I'm just kidding. That was me. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, so cut back to uh, Shecky's basement. It's like a wine cellar. Um and the large German man is torturing uh, Adam Sandler like shocking his balls and his nipples. Um, the the large German man decides to take this like gear shift and lube it up and stick glass on it and shove it up like like Sandler Sandler like as he's getting shocked says like as an expletive fuck me in the ass and the German guy is like oh thank you for reminding me. He goes and he gets ready to shove this up Adam Sandler's ass. And then we get this very extended, strange gay panic joke where Sandler's like, so you're gay. And he's like, no, I'm not. And he's just like, yeah, if you want to like shove that thing up my ass, you're gay. And he's just like, well, no, I wanted to torture you. And he's just like, yeah, like I get like if you're pulling out my fingernails, that's torture. But doing that, like that's your that's pure like that's homosexuality. Um, again, it is it is weird and retrograde and like I actually don't, like normally, again, I'm not usually the guy to like be attuned to that sort of stuff because of my blinders and my privilege and, and, and things of that nature, but here I was just like, oh, that's it's a little weird that it's like the whole thing is just like oh, you're gay for doing this nuh-uh, Yuh-huh. it's like eh mm-hmm. um, anyways, Paula Patton shows up, turns out dun-dun-dun, she's in on it, she's actually a villain um, she betrayed Ronnie for the money uh, from the chemo company um, and uh, she tells David Spade over the phone that Adam Sandler wanted to steal the drugs for the money uh, the, uh, and she leaves, tells him to kill tells the German guy to kill Sandler um, the German dude like puts the clamps on his the, the electric clamps on his own nipples to like give himself a shock um and Adam Sandler like spills this barrel of wine that like hits the battery and electrocutes the German dude, uh killing him, presumably. Um and then uh Paula Patton is meeting with David Spade. Um it turns out Spade knows that Paula Patton somehow I, I missed that, knows that Paula Patton is bad. So he like slugs her. Uh Patton pull uh, Paul Patton pulls a gun on him, they sort of they 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 fight and struggle. And here's another weird thing where Spade starts saying, and I think we are supposed to take it seriously, not like satirically or anything else. He he, As he's like hitting Paul Patton, he says, I'm so tired of women lying and fucking me over. <laughs> and like that to me feels like a line that you, like a line that they would have written into like the remake, the new remake of Black Christmas, or like I was thinking about like, When I watched Gone Girl the other day, had that sort of an expert like deconstruction of like like shitty male fears about women, Um, where it's like, oh, what will they do to me? What will you know that like all that sort of thing? Like you know, women women be crazy or they can't be trusted or whatever. And it's just weird to hear like it'd be one thing if it's like I'm tired of the lying and being fucked over. Like I'm sick of that happening to me. But he specifies I'm tired of women. Doing as he like punches her. I don't mean to read too much into this, but it is. It did. It was a little queasy, honestly. Um. So yeah, yeah. and I don't know if
1: this would. I mean, this existed prior to like the Me Too movement really hitting. So I don't know if this would have flown after it. Even. I mean, it just seems weird.
0: Yeah. So it's pre. It was pre pre Trump election. It was a. And I don't. I don't mean this facetiously. It was a genuinely different world. And I don't mean it was okay in 2016, but a lot of stuff had not come to, had not come to the surface for many people before it was sort of rudely forced upon all the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, uh, or, yeah, whatever. It's weird and bad. Um, Spade, Spade <laughs> he does say, and this made me laugh. He says, after we had sex, you farted in your sleep like six times and Paul Patton's like, well, no one's ever going to hear about that. Um, Sandler drives up and uh, paying off that bit in the script where he said he couldn't do a wheelie on a motorcycle. He wheelies <laughs> over and like kicks her to the ground. Paul Patton stands up and says, Oh look, it's deja vu. And of course me, all I could think it's all I could think when she said that was man, man, you know it's a great movie with Paul Patton in it, Deja Vu by Tony <laughs> Scott. Everyone go watch that movie. It rules. It's phenomenal. It's like Vertigo, but like crazy like Tony Scott style. Uh Paul Patton is uh amazing in it anyways.
2: That's like the <laughs> ultimate Tony Scott movie. That's like his grown-ups too.
0: It is like his it's his Knight of Cups or his Miami Vice or his Grown Ups 2. Um, <laughs> it's the most Tony Scott he can get while still remaining semi-coherent. Apologies to Domino. Anyhow, we'll we'll cover that on our Tony Scott cast. Um, but Catherine uh, Hahn shows up and gets the drop on Paula Patton and they have like a slow motion fight with one another that Sandler and Sandler and Spade sort of it's, it's the exact same scene as in Undercover Brother when uh, Sister Girl and Denise Richards like fight each other
1: and Eddie
0: Griffin just like pauses and makes popcorn and watches them fight because it's like he thinks it's <laughs> sexy watching the two women fight each other. Um, it's the exact same thing where Sandler and Spade are – like Sandler lights a joint and hands it to Spade and they're watching these two women beat the shit out of each other. Um Paul Patton gets subdued. The cops show up. And when they say, freeze, put your hands in the air, Captain Hahn throws the iPad into the river. Dun, dun, dun. Um, they, uh, they go to the hospital. Turns out Nick Swartzen is an FBI agent. Uh, and the iPad is unrecoverable. And Swartzen says, I got to take you to jail. I'm sorry. Uh, but then Robert Smigel... Same, the squad member Robert Smigel is there as a doc, an emergency room doctor, who's taking David Spade into surgery because he has something shoved up his ass, and it turns out what he has up his ass is a USB drive. <laughs> and he got, even though iPads don't take USB drives, it's fine. Um, he uh, he backed up the formula and put it on this USB drive, um, and, and so hooray, the day is saved, everything's fine. Spade goes back home dressed as a zombie to terrorize his ex-wife and former stepchildren. Um, And they give the cure for cancer to the government So in in exchange for not going to prison. Um, And then at the pool, they're all at the the, the big house at the pool. Sandler's mom shows up with uh, no bra or shirt on. Uh, And who is she with but Luis Guzman, uh, who's her, her new paramour um and at the end of the movie spade and sandler walk over to the cliffs and they like spade was talking about like he always wanted to do something with his life like something exciting adventurous and he mentioned cliff diving and so they jump off the cliff and that my friends is the duver so a lot like weirdly (sighs) i feel like i feel like it took less i feel like we sort of sped through that plot, but there's a lot more plot than there normally is in a same
2: I, 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 I don't think I'm over exaggerating when I say like like the last half hour of this movie just takes a long time. <laughs> but like the last half hour takes an hour for it to like end. It's it's just I don't know. The pacing is a lot. It doesn't need to be nearly two hours. There's just yeah. Um I would so happily rewatch the Ridiculous Six. Right now, and I don't see myself uh, paying to do over any uh, (laughs) any 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 revisits anytime soon.
1: This is my two and a half times I've seen this, and I will never do over it again.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, Austin, you said this is your least favorite Sandler.
1: I think so. I mean, so I am considering the Happy Madison universe, not the men, women, and children in Cobbler. I mean, I think. Yeah, I think men, women, and children and The Cobbler are bottom of the list, but this is probably the my least favorite Happy Madison movie by far.
2: Yeah, I think that might be the case for me as well. Like, as far as everything that we've done the entire, like, you know, like the entire Archivist career, maybe my least favorite, I would probably still point to A Crazy Nights just because I feel like that's just a. A really dire swing and a miss on every level um i mean yeah like men women, and children is tough but i feel like like there like there's almost sort of like an like an anthropological value to that movie <laughs> of just being like like for a moment in time this like this like this was seen as like an awards contender that was like capturing the moment now which i which i find kind of fascinating like like i don't want to watch it again but i would like you know uh, I'm always happy to like talk about that movie and, and like kind of pick it apart. Uh, and crazy nights is a, is a tough one. And, and this one, the, the, the do over is just kind of blah for me again. Like um the first 20 minutes or so, like Sandler meeting Spade at a, at a high school reunion. And they're both kind of miserable for different reasons. And the movie goes from there. I think that's a really strong setup and there are, any number of directions this movie could have taken that would have been better than the one we got, which is just so all over the place and 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 a mess and a gross mess at that.
0: Yeah, I think that I so like. The, I guess if you I guess if you restrict it to the Happy Madison movies, this would definitely be bottom tier for me still. But I I genuinely when I saw it four years ago, and I texted my friend our good buddy Brian Cobbs, I texted him because I watched it with him four years ago when it first premiered and like I remember both of us were like, that was awful, and I texted him today and I was like, I don't know what it was, but it didn't offend me the same way that it did. To me, this is like, I mean, again, this would place it in the bottom percentile of, of Happy Madison, but i I had thought of it like an egregiously bad movie-like The Cobbler or like men, women and children, like something that is genuinely upsettingly, like offensively bad. And now, even though they're completely different kinds of movies, I was looking over Sandler's filmography and I'm like, I would put this like sort of down there with bedtime stories where it's a movie where I'm just like, it's sort of a non-entity for the Uh most part in Sandler's career. Like it didn't, this time with the exception of the homophobic stuff, it didn't offend me. But it's also not something other than being like occasionally being like, wow, like there was a movie where Sandler like cured cancer. Like there's nothing particularly noteworthy, good or bad, about this film to me. So, like, mm. I'm not at all like it's not revisionist history. I'm not here to praise it or argue really for its merits. It's just that this particular time it went down a lot more smoothly than I had recall or that it, that it did than it did last time. So, you know, whatever you whatever you want to do with that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's fine. David Spade is good. Paul Patton is beautiful and incredibly talented. Um, always love seeing Catherine Hahn.
2: Catherine Hahn should always be in all the movies. is is a a, a firm and golden rule. And yeah, uh, the the do over. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> the I guess aristocrats.
1: <laughs> I guess Steve Brill is like he's. Basically, his like most repeated director of the Netflix series, right? Between ridiculous, uh, not ridiculous. Sorry, uh, between um, Sandy Wexler, this um, and Hubie, and Hubie, and, the, and he also did uh hundred percent fresh. A oh, right. Yeah.
2: Oh, that's right. I didn't realize.
1: So no. he's and he he's did. A repeat career
0: yeah and he did a spade a spade movie for net a david spade movie for netflix called uh father of the year which i haven't seen mm. um yeah so yes so like and you know in our next movie so yeah our next movie is another stephen brill and that's sandy wexler um a movie that i like quite a bit um and very excited to revisit um although it's even longer than this one um at least it's good but it's longer it breaks two um, hours it breaks two hours it definitely does um, but um a weirdly a weirdly strangely ambitious movie for Adam Sandler for what is ultimately just his broadway kind of his broadway Danny Rose
2: i'm i'm excited because i I've, I've never seen it a and b i literally only know that it, like I think once Wilson, you you referred to it to me like in a different conversation as the Broadway Danny Rose thing, as, like because like I know I know that Sandler's playing a what like a a, a a talent agent. Yeah. So that's it. Like I know it's a Stephen Brill film, and I know that Sandler's playing a talent agent. I know literally nothing else about it. I know if it's a zany comedy or if it's a dramedy. I'm going in really really fresh, which I haven't. Which I haven't really done for maybe any of these, even the ones I haven't seen. So I'm excited to uh, dive into Sammy Wexler for sure.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I think we're gonna try and get a guest on that one. It's been, it's been a minute since we've had a guest, but I think we're gonna try and make that happen. Uh, Great. Uh, everything, every, you know, uh, current events, not, you know, if they allow for it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this movie, like, it's kind of. We're still in the I you know with Ridiculous Six we had a lot to talk about with regards to the Netflix of it all. And here, you know, it's it's five months, six months later, and it's kind of like this is still very much in the I mean, I feel like it's only been recently that people have stopped giving Adam Sandler shit for being on Netflix. But this is still just sort of the like, I mean, you look at the reviews for this, again, unlike Ridiculous Six, I have no desire to like, to like take a bullet for this movie. <laughs> um, But you know it is. You know, as always, I don't like lazy criticism. And you know, you just have like you have your 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 Hollywood reporters and your Indie Wires basically saying like you know just saying like here's another example of why Adam Sandler is just the worst thing that's ever happened to cinema and blah blah blah. And it's like guys, like this movie didn't run over your dog. Like it's not good, but like I don't understand how. I mean, because it is a on Rotten Tomatoes, which is 9% higher than Ridiculous 6, which is crazy. But, um, so 22 on Metacritic, like, really shockingly badly reviewed. And it was like, it really was, it's really only been up till, like, the past few years, I guess, that people have stopped, have stopped treating, like, attacking these Sandler movies as, like, a spectator sport. Like it was, it's always been like, and like, I get it. I indulged in it in my time in the wilderness when I was an apostate from the church of the Sandman. But like, <laughs> like, you know, like I enjoyed reading these like scorched earth reviews, but it is like, but now the perspective I'm in, I'm at right now, it is just very like, all right. Like, I hope you got your laugh, like from, from like feeling, you know, superior or like, you know, shiving this shiving this movie between the ribs, but like, it's it's a little bit it's a little bit too much effort for what is like a a mostly like inoffen, mostly inoffensive run of films um, as far as that goes. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I don't know. No, this is the only this is the only as far as I as far as I can tell, this is the only Sandler film we get in twenty sixteen. Let me double check on that. Um, da, 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 da. I think so. Um, yes, yeah, so the doover Over is the only one in twenty sixteen. Um and then we get in 2017 so a little little preview 2017 we get Sandy Wexler and the I I'm so excited to be excited for an episode again because, <laughs> because I, I I I really like Sandy Wexler I I adore the Meyerowitz stories it actually might be the more I think about it it might be my favorite Noah Baumbach film okay um, I have never seen it That's crazy to me dude it is it, Sandler Sandler is a as a as a big fucking fan of the man. Sandler is a revelation in that film. Like well,
1: yeah, I mean I love Noah Baumbach too. Like I've seen everything of his. This is maybe the one movie I haven't seen, and it's well, just because like, I every yeah. time I started it, it would be like, oh yeah, now it's time to cook dinner, and like you really need to sit down. It's not like your Happy Madison films where you can kind of mm-hmm. be like passively with it. You have to be with
0: it. Sandler Sandler in that movie it. it, it it's a great, I need to save this for the actual episode itself, but Sandler in that movie is like, Noah Baumbach does the same, the exact same thing that Paul Thomas Anderson did, or even Judd Apatow did, where it's like, you take this guy who has this screen persona and you use that to your advantage. Like you, you slot him in to your own milieu in a way that makes sense and like brings out the best in, in both the filmmaking and the actor. And Sandler... He gets a good couple of classic Sandler screams in the viral <laughs> stories, um, and he he plays a song. On, he plays like one or two songs on the piano. Um, he gets to have his sort of nervous energy that's like sort of like coiled, ready to explode energy. Also, um, yeah, I, I I think that I'm I'm higher on that movie than. It got very good reviews but i'm higher than most people are on that film i would put it at least neck and like definitely neck and neck with marriage story and francis ha maybe better but yeah very excited to to cover that one those are 2017 and then 2018 you get week of hotel transylvania 3 and 100 fresh then murder mystery in 2019 with uncut gems and that brings us up to Hubie Halloween this year. So we're 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 closing in here. We're slowly so that let me so Sandy Wexler Meyer stories the week of Hotel Transylvania three, one 100 percent fresh and murder mystery. We've got six episodes left, boys.
2: It's wild to think that we're about to do a full circle. I didn't think we would ever get here.
0: Yeah, and we'll. I mean, we we'll, we will have gone. I mean, I think based on our schedule, it will be like like it'll be like will have been like a two year a two year project. Huh. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, because we started in twenty nineteen in March, and we'll make it at least wow. we'll make it at least till then. Wow. We'll make it at least to March doing these, if not longer. So sorry to use the end of the do, the fucking do over episode to do our like <laughs> our, 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 our our inventory, but. Uh, yeah, we're really, really excited uh, to uh, finish out this series strong. Um, Do over is an unfortunate miss towards the back half in the here in the back half of Sandler's career, such as you know back half, you know as far as we know. But everything after this, for the most part, like we've actually the worst is behind us. We can say that. We can say that for certain. We have not like we we have gone through the do over was the last one that I would even say I haven't seen Hotel Transylvania three yet but the do over is the last one that I would say is any kind of like a chore or like oh okay like we gotta cover this one Um, so that's that's exciting (laughs) crazy but exciting Um, I so yeah do do we have anything else to say about the do over before we sign off Uh, are we gonna do
1: the um, we have the Product placement and the.
0: Oh, God. Uh, yes, of course. Derp.
1: Two categories.
0: Uh, yes. Ha, ha. There's a slumming love interest this time. Catherine Hahn is wonderful. And in another context, it could be slumming love interest. But the way it's, again, it's all kind of fuzzy. But the way that she, uh, the, the way that it's all plagued, this isn't really slumming. You can see they're both insane people. So you can see why <laughs> they beat together. Um, so for Sandler Squad, we have got. Jared Sandler. We got Sean Astin. We got David Spade. We've got... Where am I looking? We got Jonathan Friend. We have got... Uh, we have Nick Swartzen. Nick Swartzen. Luis Guzman. Luis Guzman. we got Jackie Sandler. we got Sonny Sandler. Sadie Sandler. we got Michael Chiklis. We've got Torsten Vogus. Uh, we've got Dan Patrick. Dan Patrick. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have got uh, unfortunately Matt Walsh hasn't been in another one, which is Matt Walsh is definitely one of those like that's weird that he's not in another mm-hmm. one. Um Robert Smigel. I think Robert Smigel's the last one. Um, uh,
1: and Dan Bula.
0: Oh right, and Dan Bula. Yeah. Can't got, forget
1: yeah. that Dan Bula. <laughs> uh,
0: that's Sandler squad members. Pretty good showing there. And then we got our product placement watch. We got Bud Light. We've got Corona. We got the Ritz Carlton. We get Pringles. We get Bud. uh, Yeah, I already said Bud Light, but specifically the Bud Light Party Ball. We've got the Ford F 150. Got Dunkin' Donuts. We've got Jenga. Jenga. We've got Netflix. We've got uh, Raisin Bran. We've got American Express. Uh, and yeah, I think that's it. Unless, you know, unless we want to consider Paul Patton shouting out Deja Vu by Tony Scott as product placement, which I will. I will. I'll consider it for my purposes, if not for his
2: purposes. Do they make a point of like, uh, of naming the fancy car that they're driving?
0: Oh, it's a Ferrari. It's a Ferrari, Ferrari product placement. Yeah. yeah. For Ferrari and Range Rover. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll give it that. But um yeah, so we got product placement and we got Sandler Squad, no slumming love interest this time, although Sandy Wexler could Sandy Wexler, I do believe, qualifies, which we will we will get more into um yeah. as, as we get closer. Um so yeah, that has been our episode on the do-over. As always, we thank you so much for listening. Uh and we're really, really excited to bring you to close out the Sandler series strong. Of course, anytime event you know current events permitting anytime you know sandler after we do all the you know we finish up the next six episodes anytime sandler puts out a new movie or project we will reconvene and cover it once again um but we're hoping to do some really cool I, I think we we can we can definitely like plan on doing some cool stuff for these last like six seven episodes um you know and we could even stretch this out further with like we could do like a rob schneider episode or a david spade episode where we cover their careers as like <laughs> We could do the sand, the, the, the Happy Madison, you know, extended universe adjacent. Um, I would be, I would be down with that. Um, so yeah, lots of cool stuff coming. Thank you as always for listening to us. Um, and I think that about does it this time. So uh, that said, I am Wilson Smith. This is Chris Giles, and Austin Colp. Thanks so much, and we will see you next time for Sandy Wexler. <laughs> Take care, y'all. Stay safe.